0: Welcome back, friends. It's TJ, the weirdo with a beardo from Wings 93, The New Rock Edge, with more stories of true crimes and unsolved mysteries, and the continuation of the epic story of Bonnie and Clyde. When we left off the last time, Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow had met through a mutual friend in the early 1930s and began a blossoming relationship centered around their mutual love of theft and violence. The two had already been in and out of jail several times by the time they were in their early 20s, and they had put together a gang of five members, including Clyde's brother Buck, sister-in-law Blanche, and childhood friend W.D. Jones. The five of them were living together in a hideout near Joplin, Missouri, where they would often throw loud parties and booze-fueled card games, even though the United States was still in the throes of Prohibition at the time. When neighbors complained to the local police, officers raided the gang's hideout thinking they were going to encounter a gang of bootleggers. But what they found was Bonnie, Blanche, and the Barrow brothers, armed with military-grade assault rifles, who opened fire, killing at least two officers. The group immediately fled, leaving most of their personal belongings behind, the first of many times they would evade being captured by the police. During the next several months, Bonnie, Clyde, and the gang were on the run, making tracks all over the Midwest, from Texas to Indiana, robbing a bank in Minnesota, kidnapping a couple from Louisiana and holding them hostage while trying to steal their car. Although, interestingly enough, it seemed every time the duo took an innocent person hostage, they managed to drop them far from home but still left them enough cash to get back. Now, the photos of Bonnie, Clyde, and the gang that were seized at their hideout in Joplin had been circulated through all the local and national newspapers, making it increasingly difficult for the group to stay undetected. The group had to avoid hotels and instead, opted to begin hiding in the woods, cooking on campfires, and bathing in streams. At one point during their journey, Clyde was driving a stolen car near Wellington, Texas, but failed to see a bridge construction sign, flipping the car over the edge into a ravine. And whether from a fire or acid from a ruptured car battery, Bonnie suffered third-degree burns from her hip to her ankle and could barely walk after the accident. Following the accident and a botched robbery-turned-murder, the group was forced to leave Texas, eventually landing in Platte City, Missouri, hiding out at the Red Crown Tourist Court, two brick cabins with an adjoining garage. And for being a group of fugitives on the run, the group's actions were anything but discreet. First, they had five people living there, even though they only registered as a party of three. They paid in coins instead of cash bills, so as not to be traced. And the court's owner said, instead of pulling their car into the garage nose first, They backed into the garage, what he called gangster-style, for a fast getaway. And they'd plastered the windows in old newspapers so you couldn't see in. Before too long, Clyde Barrow and W.D. Jones went to town to gather bandages and other supplies for Bonnie's severely burned leg. There'd been a police bulletin in Oklahoma, Texas, and Arkansas to be on the lookout for strangers buying medical supplies. And, noticing that the men were clearly outsiders, the drugstore owner called the police who put the Red Crown tourist court on tight surveillance. Police showed up to the Red Crown armed with submachine guns in an armored car, and a gunfight soon followed. Bonnie, Clyde, and the gang escaped after a bullet shorted out the horn on the armored car, which officers mistook as an order to stand down. Meanwhile, the gang left in the car they had parked gangster-style and sped off down the road. And even though they weren't caught, they were anything but safe. Bonnie still had a leg that was nearly burnt to the bone. Buck had suffered a severe bullet wound to the forehead, and Blanche was nearly blinded by glass from a broken window. Now, by July of 1933, Bonnie and Clyde's gang was hunkered down at Dextfield Park, an abandoned amusement park near Dexter, Iowa. Local police received a tip about bloody bandages being left around their campsite, no doubt due to Bonnie's burnt leg and Buck's severe gunshot wound. So police and spectators surrounded the camp, and yet another gunfight began. Buck was shot in the back and died several days later from his injuries, and Buck's wife, Blanche, was arrested. But Bonnie and Clyde, yet again, managed to escape. And for the next six weeks, Bonnie and Clyde were on the lam, running between Colorado, Minnesota, and Mississippi, committing various robberies along the way, including a robbery at an armory in Platteville, Illinois, where they stole assault rifles, handguns, and stockpiles of ammo from the National Guard armory. And in a daring move, the group then traveled back to Texas to see their families. W.D. Jones left the group to visit his mother, where he was arrested without incident, and later confessed to the gang's crimes, prompting the arrest warrants for the remaining members. While in the Dallas area, Clyde Barrow continued to commit robberies while his family attended to Bonnie's serious injuries. And in January 1934, Clyde Barrow hatched a plan to break several inmates out of the Eastham Farm Prison, part of his retribution against the Texas Department of Corrections. Among the people Barrow was trying to break out were Raymond Hamilton and Henry Methvin, who would later join Barrow's gang. Clyde eventually carried out his plan during what became known as the Eastham Breakout, where a high-ranking prison official was killed, prompting the state of Texas to pull out all the stops to find and kill Bonnie and Clyde and any other remaining members of the gang involved in the prison break. The DOC brought in former Texas Ranger Captain Frank Hamer to hunt down the gang members and bring them to justice, one way or another. Now, Captain Hamer was a ferocious lawman, feared and admired all throughout Texas, with 53 confirmed kills and countless arrests, receiving 17 gunshot wounds in the process. A real hard ass. Captain Hamer had been tracking Bonnie and Clyde for several months, and he noticed they traveled in a circular pattern throughout five states, taking advantage of the state line rule that prevented officers from one state continuing their chase into another. But one of the other things the pair did consistently was take regular trips to visit family. So after tracking their routes for several months, Captain Hamer knew the gang would be traveling to see family in the most recent addition, Henry Methvin, so Hamer and several other police officers set up an ambush on a country road outside of Benville Parish, Louisiana. After a day and a half of waiting, the time finally came. Police convinced Ivy Methvin, Henry Methvin's father, to park his truck along the side of the road, hoping Clyde Barrow would stop for a chat — which he did. So around 9.15 a.m. on May 23, 1933, a Ford Deluxe V8 came roaring up the dirt road and began to stop at Ivy's truck. And that's when Captain Hamer and his fellow officers opened fire. One of the officers managed to land a headshot on Clyde Barrow, who was in the driver's seat, killing him instantly. The other officers, armed with shotguns, pistols, and automatic rifles, unleashed a barrage of gunfire, dispensing nearly 130 rounds with 112 of those hitting the Ford V8 sedan, killing Clyde, the driver, and Bonnie who'd been sitting in the passenger seat. A search of the car found over a dozen guns and several rounds of ammunition, including 120-round magazines for the 30 caliber BAR assault rifle. In total, Bonnie and Clyde are believed to have killed at least nine police officers and four civilians, although that actual number may be much higher and the bullet-hole-riddled car where Bonnie and Clyde were killed was later displayed at various carnivals and fairs across the country. And in 1988, the car was sold to the Prim Valley Resort and Casino in Las Vegas for $250,000, where it still sits today prominently on display as a grim reminder of the violent and bloody legacy left by Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow, two of America's most notorious lovers and criminals. And that is this week's True Crime Tuesday story, episode number 60, the finale of the Bonnie and Clyde story. Join me each week for more stories of true crimes and unsolved mysteries. We'll see you next time.